We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, Packers Nation? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcasts. Appreciate you joining me today. Today, I wanted to go over some of the key roster battles. We're heading into mandatory minicamp week, and this is the, you know, the start of the time where we start looking at some of these position battles with a little bit more of a discerning eye. Of course, training camp and preseason is going to be the real determining factor, but mandatory minicamp certainly starts that process, and we start looking at where could players end up lining up in OTAs. We got a little bit of a taste of things along the offensive line and at inside linebacker, and some of these different positions where we're seeing some of these roster battles, starting position battles, those sort of things start to play out. Now, I'll be upfront and transparent with you. There is going to be a little bit of redundancy in this topic for anyone that watched my video on my 53-man roster prediction. We did go position by position and talk a little bit about some of those battles, but I wanted to take the focus today on those roster battles and who I think maybe has a leg up, how they could ultimately get decided, and so on and so forth. So we'll go position by position once again, offense and defense and special teams. But again, today's topic is going to focus much more on the actual battles and who has the early advantage in those. So let's start at quarterback. I don't think there's much to talk about here. I think when you look at Jordan Love and Kirk Benkert, both of these players in some capacity are showcasing themselves and auditioning more likely for other teams or for Jordan Love for a eventual starting spot, whether that be with Green Bay or with another team or with Kirk Benkert for a 53-man roster spot, whether that be with Green Bay or whether that be with another team. I think both of them are more competing against themselves and showcasing themselves because to me, there's no chance, uh, barring something insane happening, that Aaron Rodgers isn't the number one, that Jordan Love isn't the number two, and that in all likelihood, Kirk Bankert is a, is the practice squad quarterback for the Packers. Again, unless Jordan Love can showcase himself, probably not this season, but start showcasing himself for next season for a number one QB role. And then same thing with Kirk Banker, right? If he can play really, really well, maybe a team now has interest in, in Kirk Bankert as a 53-man roster player, as a number two or number three quarterback on their actual roster. And again, that could be with Green Bay too. If he plays great, Green Bay might just say, we'll keep him as our number three quarterback. I don't think that that's necessarily super likely, but definitely within the realm of possibility. So that's where I'm looking at for the quarterback battles. At running back, 
Again, same thing here, right? In that number one and number two are pretty much decided already in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but that number three running back position is super interesting. We know that Kylan Hill is likely to start the season on the pup list in some capacity, but how long that goes on for remains to be seen. As we know, ACL injuries can be finicky and they can be different for everyone. He could be back sooner. He could be back later. We just don't know at this point, but likely to start the season on the pup list, which leaves potentially one spot for three running backs, all undrafted, although Patrick Taylor has the advantage in that he has time with the Packers already, knows the system, etc. But Patrick Taylor and then two undrafted rookies this year, BJ Baylor and Tyler Goodson. And both Baylor and Goodson were two of my favorite undrafted rookies that I had the opportunity to watch. Really think BJ Baylor is somebody who's very interested, but all three of those players should very much be in the competition for that number three running back spot. Now, as I mentioned, on my 53-man roster preview, I do think, one, I do think Patrick Taylor has the leg up here. And then I think Baylor and Goodson are very much in the conversation. But number two, I do think that Green Bay, if they wanted to, could get away with going with two running backs. And the reason that I say that is I don't believe, unless all of a sudden Patrick Taylor, BJ Baylor, Tyler Goodson have this insane preseason, right? At which point, you probably just want to keep them on the roster anyway. But if there's no real difference between the three, nobody really stands out. I think you can make a strong argument that you can get all three of those players back on the practice squad. Remember, you also probably feel pretty good that Kylan Hill will maybe make it back maybe around week eight, week nine. And I'm just guessing there. Uh, It could be later, could be sooner, but let's say he's back week nine, right? That means, or let's just even say that you need nine weeks to fill without Kylan Hill. Well, you can elevate a player from the practice squad three times. So you could elevate Patrick Taylor for weeks one, two, three. You could do BJ Baylor weeks four, five, six. You could do Tyler Goodson weeks seven, eight, nine, and then bring Kylan Hill back actually on the 53-man roster and be good to go with your running backs the remainder of the season. That could give you flexibility to potentially keep seven wide receivers or an additional linebacker. Who knows what position Green Bay may need an additional player at. Wide receiver seems like it definitely could be the answer there. But if they want to do that, I think there's a, with the new roster rules, with being able to pull up players from the practice squad, your goal with that initial 53 is to keep your best players. And I know we all get fixated on, well, they have to have three running backs and they have to have this many wide receivers. It doesn't really have to be that way anymore with the practice squad rules, the way that they are and the ability to pull players up from the practice squad. So what you want to do is really as much as possible, keep your best 53. And if that comes down to, for instance, like Samori Toure as a seventh wide receiver or Patrick Taylor as your third running back, you might say, you know what? We think we can release Taylor and Baylor and Goodson and get all of them back on the practice squad. We think if we release Toure, there's a chance that he could get claimed. Or if we release X wide receiver that he could potentially get claimed or go to another team. In that case, you might say it is more important to us to keep the seventh wide receiver, put all those running backs on the practice squad and be able to call them up. You still have your three running backs on game day. It doesn't change the overall roster, right? You are able to keep everyone on your, like it, what really ultimately now is like a 69 man roster because you have your 53 active, your 16 practice squad, and you want to get as many of those guys back that you feel good about as 
possible. So if that means keeping an actual better player at wide receiver, another position on the 53 and getting those other running backs back on the practice squad and still being able to call them up, knowing that there's probably going to be injuries at other positions. And then at that point, you can bring back Kylan Hill when he's ready to go. That could be a very real option. So in all likelihood, it likely ends up being three running backs that end up making the final roster. But I do think this is a different NFL that we're living with, with the practice squad rules and the call-up rules the way that they are. And again, because you have three running backs that maybe aren't going to really differentiate themselves in Taylor, Baylor, and Goodson, and because you're likely getting Kylan Hill back on the active roster at some point, there could be some roster logistics that Brian Gutekunst wants to play around a little bit with to be able to keep his best 53-man roster possible and not have players get claimed and signed by other teams. So that is one to keep an eye on, but clearly Taylor, Baylor, and Goodson are very much in competition for that number three running back role should they keep three running backs on the roster. Now, wide receiver is a totally different animal here, right? I think we could talk about who's ultimately on the roster. We can also talk about the order of the roster, right? So it feels fairly safe to say to me that Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Amari Rogers are going to make the team. Could something crazy happen where maybe there's a change of scenery trade with Amari Rogers if things don't go right or something like that? Possible, but I don't see that happening. I also think Sammy Watkins is a very likely bet to make the team as well. That's six already. Now, I do think Green Bay ends up keeping seven, but if they do end up keeping seven, that leaves one spot potentially for three wide receivers in Samori Toure, Malik Taylor, and Juwan Winfrey. And again, maybe Sammy Watkins could be in that conversation as well, but I'm very much expecting him to make the team. And then on the third tier, I just feel as like Danny Davis, right? I just don't feel like he's probably going to be able to get in the conversation and is probably fighting more for a practice squad. So I think you end up really with all of the top probably what, nine wide receivers fighting for order. Meaning that like almost any of these guys could be the one, the two, or the three, right? I think Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, Watson, Dobbs are probably your top five for actual snaps on game day. But how they divvy up those snaps and who's your true number one and number two and your slot guy and things like that, I think are very much in the conversation. I would expect Randall Cobb to be the top slot. I would expect Lazard to be one of the two starters. And if I were a betting man today, I would say Sammy Watkins is the other starter. The reason I say that is we know how much precision and just veteran savvy matters to Aaron Rodgers. He wants to know that his guys that are out there are going to know the playbook. They're going to know the plays. They're going to know the routes. They're going to know the adjustments, the hot reads, all of it, right? And that's just a lot for even Amari Rodgers in year two, but Dobbs and Watson and Toure as well. Like, I just think he's going to want the, you know, the more experienced guys out there. So I'm going to say Lazard ends up with the one, Watkins ends up with the two, Cobb ends up in the slot, and then Watson and Dobbs are in the realm of getting playing time. We might see a cup of coffee here and there for Amari Rogers. And then I think that last spot, Toure, Taylor, and Winfrey is going to come down to a player who has upside plus special teams ability that likely comes down to Malik Taylor and Samori Toure. And I like Toure to get that, but that is going to be a very interesting wide receiver battle 
battle. And again, almost all spots, one through potentially seven, are up for grabs. And I think there's nine Packers on this roster who could be vying legitimately for 53-man roster spots. And anyone who doesn't, including Danny Davis, I think is definitely in competition for a practice squad spot as well. So very interesting battles at wide receiver. And that competition should be fierce to get out on the field and be some of the playmakers that are catching balls ultimately from Aaron Rodgers this upcoming season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. At tight end, I don't know how much of an, like, I feel like Mercedes is your blocker. DeGuara is going to make the team as the the head H-back. Tyler Davis seems to have a position locked in, and I think he's going to be wide receiver or tight end number one. I've said it, I think, seven days in a row now uh, in some capacity. I keep getting it in there. We know Tunyon's going to come back at some point. Uh, to me, the, the competition here, the roster spot to look at is Dominique Daphne. However, I don't think Daphne is actually competing against anyone at his position. I think Tunyon, Davis, DeGuara, and Lewis are on the team once all are healthy, right? I guess once Tunyon's healthy. And I don't think DeGuara, Davis, or Lewis are going anywhere. So the question becomes, Tunyon probably starts on the pup list. Does Daphne make it as the fourth tight end slash H-back to begin the season? And then once Tunyon's back, is he if he does make the team, is he able to make it as the fifth tight end slash H back on the roster. So uh, to me, Daphne is competing against players at other positions for one of the final roster spots. And likely his play on special teams is going to be a huge determining factor as to whether or not he makes the roster out of camp. So if we're looking at position battles, we're looking at Daphne at tight end, but really Daphne and how he performs on special teams comparative to the other bubble players is probably going to be the bigger thing to keep an eye on at tight end here. Offensive line is all over the place. So let's just go left to right. At left tackle, it's very clear that if Bakhtiari is healthy, he is the starter. If he is not, it feels also very likely that Yash just slides in and is the starter at left tackle. So those feel like the obvious answers there. If all of a sudden, you know, Bakhtiari is hurt and Yash is struggling, maybe Rashid Walker, maybe a Zach Tom, maybe a Colvin Lannon, or maybe even a veteran free agent 
could get involved in that conversation. But I'm saying Bakhtiari is the starter. And if he's not healthy, I believe Yash would be the starter at that point. So to me, I think that's going to be the, you know, just the question mark at left tackle is Bakhtiari's health. I believe left guard is John Running Jr.'s. I don't think he's going anywhere. I believe center is Myers. I don't think that's going anywhere. And then at right guard, I think that position is ultimately between Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, and Jake Hansen. It's possible that depending on what they ultimately do at right tackle, that maybe Elton Jenkins slides in at right guard. You could have a scenario where maybe you want Elton at left guard and to move John Runyon Jr. to right guard where he has played some in the past as well. But I think Runyon stays at left guard. I think Jenkins ultimately ends up at right tackle when he's healthy. I'm going to say that Sean Ryan ultimately wins that right guard spot, but Newman, Ryan, and Hanson are very much in the conversation. Zach Tom could get in the conversation as well. I just think it's going to take him a little bit of time to put on a little bit more functional strength. I think he's probably a season away, similarly to what Jake Hanson was as a rookie as well, but I think it's not completely impossible that he could get involved in the conversation, but I'm saying that that spot's likely between Newman, Ryan, and Jake Hansen. Then at right tackle, I think that's Elton Jenkins' spot when ultimately when he's healthy. when you know If he's not healthy, <clears throat> likely he starts the season on Pup. I think Sean Ryan, Royce Newman, maybe Yash Nyman if Bakhtiari's healthy at left tackle, Cole Van Lannan, Zach Tom, maybe Rasheed Walker. I think that spot's much more a carousel of who the heck knows uh, than maybe any of the other positions because that could go in so many different directions. If you told me at some point this season that Elton Jenkins, Sean Ryan, Royce Newman, Yash Nyman, Cole Van Landen, Zach Tom, or Rasheed Walker started at right tackle, like it, none of those would be ultimately super shocking. I think Tom and Walker are probably a little bit unlikely, but Cole Van Landen has been the number one at right tackle so far in camp. If Bakhtiari's healthy, Yash could easily move over and start getting in that competition. I think Sean Ryan could get in there. We've seen Royce Newman practice with the ones at right tackle. And then of course, if Elton's healthy, he probably just slides in there as well. So those spots are all up for grabs. Now, Ultimately, on the offensive line, I think Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., uh, Myers, Newman, Elton Jenkins, Sean Ryan, Yash Nyman, and Zach Tom, if all are healthy, I think those are your top eight. And then your final two offensive line spots, I think they would keep 10, would come down to Jake Hansen, Cole Van Lannan, and Rasheed Walker. I think that could go in a variety of different ways. It would seem that Hansen and Cole Van Lannan practicing some with the ones would give them a really good shot. However, I'm still a little bit scarred from Ben Braden just a season ago who practiced with the ones a ton in mini camps and training camps, etc., and then didn't even make the team. So I would say Hanson and maybe Walker end up with those spots, but Cole Van Lannan will very much be in the conversation as well. Along the defensive line, the key roster battle there seems to be between Jonathan Ford and Jack Heflin as the number six defensive lineman. This is a battle of run stuffers and whoever probably has better upside, plays with better pad level and shows that they maybe have a little bit more pass rush ability could ultimately be the player who wins this battle. To me, I just look at both and say like, Jonathan Ford to me has more upside than Jack Heflin. Listen, Heflin's a really fun story. He has the ability to, both of these guys have the ability to be that Tyler Lancaster rotational defensive lineman who's mainly in there on rundowns, goal line situations, et cetera. 
but it just seems to me that Ford has a little bit bigger of a build and a little bit more upside than Heflin. I would give the nod to him, not to mention that he's a draft pick as well, where Heflin was not, and that Ford's a rookie and Heflin now is in his second year. So I just give that nod to Ford, but both of those guys, and I know Heflin is going to battle and do everything in his power to win that job, but I think the ultimate roster battle there is between those two for that sixth defensive line spot. At Edge, I think you have a major roster battle here. So we know Gary and Preston are going to be one and two. And then Inigbari is going to make the team barring an injury. But outside of that, you probably have two spots for Ramsey, Garvin, Tipa, Hamilton, and Manic. And then even with Enigbare, like the number three, four, and five spots are all up for grabs, right? So while Enigbare could make the team, he could make it as the three, the four, or the five. There's no guarantee that just because he's the third easiest, most likely to make the team, that he's actually their third edge rusher. So he could be the fifth, and then number three and number four would be up for grabs. So the battle between Enigbare, Ramsey, Garvin, Tipa, Hamilton, and Manic should be very interesting. And to me, like I said, Enigbare is guaranteed, in my opinion, guaranteed one of those three spots, but the other four could end up, excuse me, the other five could end up in any of those other two spots at three or the four, and again, or the five if Enigbari moves up a spot. So we shall see, but I think that's a very interesting roster battle to keep an eye on. And I think that could go in a variety of different directions. I think Randy Ramsey, as a special teams guy, has a real chance to break the break camp as one of the 53. And then, you know, if, if Ramsey and Enigbari make it, then potentially you have one spot between Garvin, Tipa, Hamilton, and Manic. I'm intrigued by Manic. I think Tipa could take a step if he goes in the right direction and added some strength in the offseason. Hamilton actually caught my attention last year when he actually got in the game. Garvin has struggled, but there's still a lot of upside, former seventh round pick. So this could go in a hundred different directions and good luck handicapping at this point. Inside linebacker is also interesting. Uh, right now, you know, Chris Barnes is still practicing with the ones and Quay Walker's not. So that will be a battle that Barnes is going to try to hold on to. I think ultimately Quay Walker ends up as the key guy next to Devondre Campbell, but there's no guarantees that that's a tough defense to pick up. And while I think Quay Walker will have some role on game days in some capacity, Chris Barnes still could as well. So there's no guarantee that Quay beats him out entirely. I think he will. And I think ultimately Quay ends up as the two, but that's at least a battle to watch as Chris Barnes, as of right now, seems to be ahead of Quay Walker. That easily could just be of like, well, Quay's got to earn his spot and he's ultimately going to get there. But I still think it's worth monitoring nonetheless. And then every other linebacker spot, numbers four and five, probably four and five are completely up for grabs between Isaiah McDuffie, Ty Summers, Ray Wilburn, Caliph Bryce, and Ellis Brooks. Caliph Bryce was probably my favorite undrafted rookie, so I'm really intrigued by him. Ellis Brooks has some upside. Wilborn's been a player moving from safety to linebacker that has definitely a level of intrigue there as well, and they've kept him around for a while now. Summers is a special teams guy. There, to me, there's just too much of a limited upside there for Summers. And I think, you know, he is who he is at this point. The McDuffie was just a draft pick a season ago. So you could handicap that in a variety of different ways, but all of those are real roster battles. And to me, the, the number four and five inside linebacker spots could go to any of those guys in any order whatsoever. 
And I would say the same thing about corner. I think the top four spots are taken. Uh, and then the, the fifth and sixth spots could go in any direction here as well. And I think they could still add a player, but Shamarjean Charles, KB Nento, Rico Gafford, Raleigh Tejada, Keandre Thomas, I think all of those players are in the battle for the fifth and sixth spot. And it could go in a variety of different directions here as well. I think Shamarjean Charles being a fifth round pick has the upper hand here to get one of those two spots. They've kept Ento around for a while. Gafford's an intriguing speed guy that they're moving back to corner. Tejada is a really interesting undrafted guy. So that last spot could go to any of those guys. Probably going to come down to special teams once again, but none of those guys to me, even Shamarjean Charles is a lock to make the roster at this point. So that is a very fun roster battle and Green Bay is going to need somebody to step up in some capacity at that position. Same thing at safety. Another really fun roster battle battle here as you have Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage as your top two. And then Vernon Scott, Sean Davis, Tariq Carpenter, Innes Gaines, and Trey Sterling in any capacity could fill numbers three, four, and five safety spots. I believe Tariq Carpenter has a really good chance to make the team. Sean Davis seems to be in the lead for the number three safety spot, but this could go in a variety of different directions and training camp and preseason, in my opinion, will very much not only determine who makes the roster, but who could be that number three safety and actually get real legitimate snaps as well. So a ton of competition at that safety spot. They could add a player there as well. Crosby and Eberly will battle it out at kicker, but Crosby seems to be back on the right track and it's going to take a Herculean effort from Eberly combined, probably with Crosby having a terrible remainder of the offseason for them to make a switch there. I think Crosby is the very, very, very likely winner of that battle. And then the long snapper battle between Wordle and Coco could go in any different direction. I'm going to say Coco because who doesn't want to see Coco make the roster, but uh, that could go in any different direction direction as well. So really a lot of roster battles up and down this this entire um, roster, the entire depth chart. I, I really think the wide receiver battle one through six is going to be super interesting. How the offensive line ultimately pans out and Bakhtiari and Jenkins injury is going to play a huge, huge role in that. I'm very intrigued by the Jonathan Ford, Jack Heflin battle. I want to see if Quay Walker can beat out Chris Barnes. I think he will, but that's worth keeping an eye on. And then really at edge, corner, and safety, there's not a lot of answers there. A lot of question marks in Green Bay really need somebody to step up as the third edge rusher, the fourth corner, excuse me, the fifth or sixth corner, and the third, fourth safety, etc. So not a ton of depth at those spots. Those spots are totally up for grabs, and those roster battles are going to be really fun to keep an eye on starting with mandatory minicamp this week. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I will be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode on the video. And then Ross and Jake and Jacob will be back here tomorrow on the audio version. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.